As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Listening to the number one Chicago Bears podcast, unrivaled, unmatched, and unequal. Hogan Johns covering the Bears from CHGO. It's Adam Ho, and from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Together, they're the Adams. The Adams converge. The consummate pros. The incomparable Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogue and Johns, with you after the big introductory press conference. For Kevin Warren that I think people inside that building, Johns are hoping, is the last introductory press conference they do for quite some time. Uh, If all goes well, that should be the case. What's up, buddy? What's going on? You and I were, we sat next to each other, go figure, Hogan Johns in the Muggs Auditorium. We're not in, in there as much as we used to be. There used to be a lot more press conferences in there, and I think that's part of the problem, right? Yeah. (laughs) Is that we've covered... A few there. I think the, the we, we joked around the draft selection of Kyle Long was probably one of our wildest nights there. But Phil I Emery, missed the draft being in the auditorium. The space? Yeah. The, with the, the more comfortable chairs? With the big, big screen? Big screens? And now there's more screens. They should put like, I don't know, they could be rolling tape of their players up there for us <laughs> if they really wanted to. Yeah. We were kidding because they used to have like the special team stuff there. Remember? Like they're, they're great. Yeah, like the 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 point or whatever. Uh, Dave Tobe used to go going way back now. Uh, yeah, I missed that for the Bears. But uh, Phil Emery was introduced there. Mark Tressman, I vividly remember Mark Tressman being introduced there and like turning around because there's a balcony up there. Not too many people know about and like Aaron Cromer, Jody Camillus. They're all sitting up there. I don't think Mel Tucker was there yet, but they're all up top looking down on Mark Tressman being introduced, but. It's a long time ago, Adam Oak, a long time ago. Yes, and uh, and again, I think they're hoping that they have the people in place that are going to turn this thing around, and now part of that equation is Kevin Warren. Uh, what's going on? Thank you for being patient with this pod. I know it usually come out on Tuesday, but it didn't really make sense to do a podcast Tuesday morning right before all this 
what was happening at noon. And so we pushed it back a day so we could digest everything um, and also get all our work done, which you should be reading on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you go. It's not just Johns. It's Kevin Fishbane. Um, John Greenberg was there yesterday. John Matt Fortuna Greenberg. was there. Matt Fortuna, I read his piece last night. Good stuff from the Big Ten perspective of things, which I want to get into as well a little bit because I've had some conversations on that end. Um, I think it's kind of a lingering question too. So uh, we'll we'll talk about that. We got a bunch of sound from Kevin Warren. And also make sure you read what I wrote. Uh, I was up late last night writing my newsletter, which is out in your inbox if you are a CHGO diehard. Um, hopefully you got that this morning and you can also find it at allchgo.com. I kind of focused more on the... Um, Ryan Poles aspect of this, just the relationship there between Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles. I have, I have optimism, John's that it's going to work, that it's going to be a good pairing, but it definitely stood out to me yesterday that Kevin Warren did not shy away from talking about football. That's always been a sensitive subject in these press conferences in the past. You know, who's got final say? How much is Ted really involved? You know, they try to they try to diminish how much they're actually involved in football decisions. But then Ryan Pohl says, yeah, we meet before free agency. We meet before the NFL draft. And quite frankly, that's how it should be. That's how NFL organizations work. What stands out to me is that in, at least in my opinion, I think the guy they have now in that position, and Kevin Warren's probably more qualified than anyone has in a long time, to sort of oversee the football department. And when I say that, I don't mean like make help make decisions, but just be that checks and balance the checks and balances above the GM. And it just really stood out to me, not only in the press conference, but also in my conversation later, which we had on, on CHGO yesterday with Kevin Warren, he called it a marriage with Ryan Poles. And that when it comes to final say, they're going to hash it out and get together and work it out. That really stood out to me yesterday. I, I think, well, a lot of this conversation, at least in Chicago, always shifts to this portrait of Ted Phillips being like this behind the scenes Villain, you know, like he's pulling the strings. Have you right? Um, I feel like I've said this repeatedly on this podcast. He's always been like that sounding board. He has used that word himself multiple times to, to describe his his place there. And I understand there's some stories from the past, but at least in my term covering the Bears, his general managers had like full power. Full Emery created uh, quite the team. <laughs> just, 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 just saying. And I know that this part of it checks and balances, but he was the football boss. Ryan Pace made some bold decisions. It was like the defining characteristic of his tenure here, training for Mitch Trubisky, as bold as can be. He was the sounding board for all that. So I, I think it, it could be difficult for some fans to get over that idea of the president being some. Behind the scenes villain, I don't know how much of that really is true, at least in my tenure covering the team, but it just feels different with Kevin Warren, at least from the outset, right? Like that press conference felt different in every single capacity of everything I've ever covered with this team. I don't think I'm overblowing that too. The energy. No. The answers. (laughs) Even compared to George getting back up there and then taking questions after Kevin spoke. Yes. You know, the, the, the... that contrast was obvious. The length, the passion, the excitement. 
like the natural charisma of Kevin Warren all came through. Uh, I've heard great things about him um, from those who have worked from him, but just from a coverage standpoint, I think you know you got that Ted Phillips role there. I'm sure people are commenting on YouTube already right now, but uh, just from as far as introductory press conferences go, the whole passion of the day felt different for the Chicago Bears. Um, we got a bunch of sound to play from Kevin Warren, and one of them has to do with you know, how the day-to-day is going to work with Ryan Poles and, you know, this concept of who is final say. I think this question was from Courtney Cronin, and, and here's what Kevin Warren had to say about that. Ryan will be reporting to you, but what will you be doing from a football operations standpoint? Courtney, that's a great question. One of the things I've learned is when you build a championship culture, the questions and the ideal and the thought process of, who has the final say and all that really becomes irrelevant because at the end of the day, when we come out of whatever room we're in, we have the common goal and the common goal is to bring championships here. And so I think uh, my goal, I know every day, whether it's football, whether it's business, whether it's stadium, whether it's league matters, whether it's dealing with ownership is to make sure that we're prepared, we're organized, we're detailed, we're methodical. And I'm there as a resource. And as I say, honestly, I always look up, I mean, because this, this is, I'm a very boring person. Uh, this is all that I do. You know, I don't have any hobbies. My wife's been telling me for years, you need to get hobbies. She finally stopped telling me that a couple years ago. She recognizes it's my family and it's my work. And, and this is not even work to me anymore. This is a unique situation. And so because of that, I'm, I'm, I'm able to, to come with no ego to be able to say, who do I know? Who do I know about someone what can I bring to help the football operations to bring us a championship? Coach Dick Vermeil says something to me during our quest in St. Louis for a Super Bowl. Our first year, we were 5-11. and 11. Second year, we were 4-12. and 12. Last year, 16-3, and three, our Super Bowl year. Two things he said. He said a lot of things, but really resonate with me. The second year, he said to me, he said, once people in the building realize that not if, but when we win the Super Bowl, that all of our rings are going to look the same, that they'll put their egos to the side. And it was interesting at the ring ceremony, it was right. My Super Bowl ring looked just like Kurt Warner's. It looks like just like Marshall Fox, Orlando Pace, and Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce. It looked the same. And so that's one thing. The other thing that he said is you got to recognize that when you build a house, you build the basement first. So although you drive by a house and you don't see any progress upon land, that doesn't mean the building is not going on. And so I think with that and that common goal that, that, that Matt and Ryan and George and everyone in this organization will have, it will be a very uh, healthy environment. We won't agree on everything, uh, but we'll work together because we have a common goal of making sure that we bring championships to this franchise. Johns, it also seemed notable to me that when we talked to Ryan Poles off to the side, he, he seemed genuinely appreciative that he was brought into the process towards the end once they got narrowed down to the finalists and also genuinely optimistic that this is going to be a good fit with Kevin Warren. He, he said something that at first I kind of questioned and then the more I thought about it, I'm like, okay, I get where he's coming from. And that was like, he specifically said his knowledge and with these big 10 players is an example of something that could be an asset. You know, like even in the draft room, as they're talking about prospects, and I and the reason I kind of questioned it at first was like, okay, but how long is that going to last? Like two years from now, that's going to be irrelevant because he's no longer the Big Ten commissioner. But 
when we talk about this, like who has the say over football decisions conversation, which seems to be an endless topic with the Chicago Bears, I guess you can either look at it from two two standpoints. One is, all right, the football guy should be the football guy, and he should have control over the football stuff. And Ted Phillips should have nothing to do with it. And I get that. But I think we should also learn from the Phil Emery days and Ryan Pace's biggest decision with the quarterback that it probably doesn't hurt to have somebody above that to provide a little bit of oversight. And... I, Kevin Warren wasn't the commissioner at the time of, you know, when when Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and Mitch Trubisky were all in college. But just sort of as a hypothetical, you know, if he's the big, if he's the president at that point and he had seen those players play in college, could he have potentially been like, hey, wait a minute. You know, you sure you want to do this? What about this? What about the fact that Deshaun Watson was an absolute beast in the championship games? You know what I mean? Because this is Kevin Warren who's, who's who's attended these things, who's been at these things. I, I'm just coming up with one example here where I, I get what Ryan Poles is talking about from that standpoint. I, I think you get a sense from Ryan Poles' press conference, which immediately happened after Kevin Warren's press conference, is that there's an excitement there from Ryan Poles. And I think it's easy to understand why. I think it's partly because of where Ryan Poles came from. The word collaboration is probably overused. I understand that word became the Bears buzzword like the last year of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. But I think Ryan Poles really lived it down in Kansas City. That's like how he came up when you had Andy Reid, Brett Veach, John Dorsey, you had Chris Ballard there. A lot of strong-minded individuals making football decisions, and you had maybe actual collaboration. I think, at least in our experience coming here, I, I don't know if you got that with Phil Emery. I don't. I don't think you got that, at least towards the end with, with Ryan Pace, because John Fox wasn't all in for him. John Fox yeah. was just, just, just here. You didn't have that sense of true collaboration. That's why he became a buzzword with Matt Nagy, and at that point, Mr. Trubisky was on the roster, so that's a, a layer of discussion. But just the the vibe you get from hearing Ryan Poles talk about Kevin Warren, that should be reason for optimism that this could work. And the experiences are, are, are they're, they're different than Ted Phillips. Can we can we point that out as well? I mean, the guy I just mentioned he has a Super Bowl ring from the greatest show on, on turf. Did he well, not? that's kind of yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Dick Vermeil, the Bears passed out this three-page sheet of like endorsements, which was new by the way, of Kevin Warren, and in there's Dick Vermeil. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't and, put him on page three, by the way. I move, move, yeah. move him with page one, but well, maybe it was al- alphabetical order. I don't know, but you know, it was it Dick, actually. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was Vermeil V, right? Uh, yeah. At the same time, you get the. The CEO of Sleep Number on yeah, there. Yeah, Well, let's like, put Dick Vermeil above the Sleep Number person. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Sleep Number's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, And then meanwhile, LeBron James is shouting him out on Twitter. Like, this is... LeBron James yeah. ain't... All due respect to Ted Phillips. LeBron James <laughs> not shouting out Ted Phillips. Right? Like, it, it's a different... Uh, w- one person I talked to yesterday... Uh, connected to the NFL was somewhat shocked actually that this move happened because basically the way it was worded was this isn't a very McCaskey move. 
Like this is big time. Yeah. And it definitely has the feel of like handing it over. Like, here you go, Kevin. This is your baby now. And as I put in my newsletter this morning, like this to me, this is the Kevin Warren Ryan Pohl show from this point. I think I think George probably fades into the background just a little bit, not necessarily in terms of his job responsibilities, but just, you know, let, let them let them cook, right? Let them go to work. Can can we play the fields clip? Because I, I think the I want to say the next most important person in the franchise needs to be discussed, but I probably argue he's the first. But let's play what Kevin Warren had to play about Justin Fields real quick. I'm curious about your relationship mm-hmm. with him now, and, and just your thoughts on what you've seen from him in the NFL. Um, I'll say this: if I had been in the Big Ten at that time. Um, I would have done the same thing. And what that told me about Justin is he's passionate. And if, if it, now, my whole goal was trying to keep players safe. Uh, I appreciated him uh, to be able to take that leadership role. So I was ecstatic. I called him on draft day. I was ecstatic when he got drafted by the Bears because that's what you need from a leadership standpoint. But I have a, a strong personal relationship you know, with him. He's talented. Uh, he's a leader. I love his passion. I would have been the same way of being able to do it. Interestingly enough, I've only been to one game in Minnesota since I left in 2019. I was at, in Minnesota for some meetings, and it was the weekend that the Bears were playing. And so I actually went to the game and went into the to locker room to say hello to Justin and a lot of our Big Ten folks, Riley Reef and Trevor Simeon, and, and just to be able to go uh, to say hello. But I have the greatest amount of respect for him you know, because I know he's going to do everything he possibly can with the talent that he has uh, to be a leader, and he wants to win championships. So I take it as a comp. Those are the people that I want because if someone was not upset about playing, then I really would, would be concerned because I know if I was in the Big Ten and someone did what I did, yeah, I would have led a revolt uh, to be able to play because that's how passionate I was, you know, to take advantage of it. So I think that's great. Well, well, why didn't you say hello to Jack Sanborn, though? Come on, yeah. man. Come on. I, uh, I'm sh- he, totally prepared for that question. But, like, okay, Wisconsin guy, hold on a second there. <laughs> Slow down. Slow Come down. On. Slow down. Um, you know he's totally prepared for that question. Totally I'm prepared. I'm curious about your relationship. Yes. Yes, totally prepared. Um. Good question get, from Michelle Steele. But you gotta love the answer, right? That almost didn't get asked, by the way. I think that was the last question. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think a lot of us, at least for me, I was waiting for the smaller group setting. Yeah, me too. Just, just so you know, with you know how these press conference days work with the Bears, they have the thirty minutes up there. Then there's a lot of smaller groups. Um, that was such a great answer. And then, like, it, it wasn't a coincidence to me that the first picture. Like shared on social media of like Kevin Warren like walking around the facility was him just happening to to come across Justin Fields working out. Yeah. Big smile on Justin Fields' face. They're about to embrace in a hug. That felt notable as well, man. Well, didn't that go viral last year too? Like, wasn't there a video of polls walking into the locker room or weight room or something like yeah. hugging Justin? Yeah. If I remember right. <laughs> Yeah. If you want to go even further, I think there's one of Trubisky and Nagy. Yeah. But these two, like, but this was a story going, like, you know, like, how is Justin Fields going to feel about no, Kevin Warren? Care. Wasn't that, like, a concern that people raised? 
because of what happened in the, the pandemic season? Actually, I want to give credit to everyone involved in this. I think that that whole thing has been handled extremely well. It yes. was definitely a story, yeah, and definitely a question that was it was it, it was an interesting connection, right? Because there was no doubt that it's it's all well documented and reported. Yeah. What what happened during COVID and how and Justin Fields' role in all that and 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 also, you know, to Kevin Warren's credit, he clearly understands yeah. it's just a kid who wants to play ball. Yeah, yeah. I think some folks make it out like the season didn't actually happen. There was actually a season. I know it was shorter, like six games. Yeah. But correct me if I'm wrong, but did Northwestern not play in the Big Ten Championship game that year? Yeah, they did. They, against yeah. Justin Fields. Yes. Yes. Didn't Justin play in the college football playoffs? Didn't he have like an amazing game against Clemson? Yeah. Or Alabama. Yeah. One or the other. <laughs> no, it was against you, Clemson. You that, get my point. He was playing hurt. You know, he had the ribs thing and... You know, he balled out. So, dude, Kevin Warren called him on draft day when he got drafted by the Bears. So, yeah, it, it's it's not a nothing story because it is a story, but it's it's a good story, I think. Um, so, looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. What else? Um, How about why did Kevin Warren leave the Big Ten? Yeah, that's good too. And then we got to get some of the stadium talk as well. But, you know, this is a lingering question um, that I have a little bit of insight on as well. But, you know, it's it's an interesting question. Why would you leave one of the most powerful jobs in sports to, to come to the Bears? You know, my parents um, raised me 
And, and fortunately, you know, my, my, I would say if I had to think of one of the main things that my dad would always say to us and really just put his thumb on us constantly and my mother would be always leave a situation demonstrably better than it was when you got there. So that was always on my mind. My dad always talked about that. And, and he would say when I would tell, call him about different opportunities and job, he, he would say, from the day you walked in the door till now, is it better? Say yes. He said, is it demonstratively better? Yes. He goes, okay, well, then you can go on to the next job. And I just felt in 40 months there for us to be able to come in and handle the pandemic in the a manner that I thought kept our student athletes healthy and safe, uh, for us to be a, a leader in social justice initiatives, uh, for us to be a leader in the mental health space, uh, for us to be able to set records from a uh, television network creativity uh, standpoint, and to be able to expand uh, with USC and UCLA. I would say we left the, uh, I left the Big Ten in a demonstrably better position. And so I'm a big believer. I, I wouldn't even feel good with myself if I just kind of stayed there and, and let that kind of drain out over the next year and say, okay, it's time to go. I just felt it was the right time. I had done what I was called there to be able to do. And I think that's, you know, different about me. You know, I go by like a calling. And uh, this is bigger than sports to me. Uh, this is really about life. This is where God wants me to be. And I just felt that I had made the impact at the Big Ten at that point in time. It's in a phenomenal position, and someone else should be afforded that opportunity to recognize their dreams. And to be blessed to have the Chicago Bears at this point in time with the challenges that they're you know, facing, but the huge opportunities and the work that it's going to take, it was time to be able to go. So I feel incredibly well with our body of work at the Big Ten, there's phenomenal people, still have great relationships. I'm so grateful to the Big Ten staff and our chancellors and presidents. They supported uh, me to be able to do it. But, you know, I go by in my spirit, and, and my spirit from the first time I sat down with uh, George and Ted, like, it was, it was right in my spirit. And, uh, and I told Greta, I said, if my spirit continually feels this way, and, and the opportunity is presented, and they were interviewing me as much as I was interviewing them, but if my spirit feels that way, I know our journey will be blessed together. And that's what caused me to come here. It also helps when the Bears really watch you and the Big Ten doesn't necessarily fight for you to stay, right? It, which is the reality of the situation. That's been reported by Pete Thamel, Matt Fortuna. You know, that the bottom line is when this when this leaks out a few weeks ago, there, there could have been a big push from the conference to re-up his contract. To well, didn't he have like it. a year and a half still left? Yeah, that's my understanding. That he was, in the, he was early in year three of a five-year contract with the Big Ten. Um, so, you know, and, and, and here's a, a couple things that, you know, I just, I just think that, when and I've said this in a couple places now. When you're as ambitious and big idea as Kevin Warren clearly is, you guys all heard in his press conference yesterday. Like if you're working in a smaller setting with like one organization, as he was with the Vikings, right? You can see how that can trickle down and lead to success. When you're trying to manage. 14 different Big Ten universities and all these power brokers from all these different places that technically you're working for too, right? Um, 
things like having a 7 a.m. meeting every single morning during the pandemic can wear on people, right? And so almost every person I've talked to, even who have some that have been like, yeah, he's a lot to work with, to work for, have also said, this is a great job for him. This is a great fit for him. He's going to do really well with the Bears because he's already done it with the Vikings. And oh, by the way, the stadium is probably the biggest driving force behind yeah. all this. And he could not have aced that more than he did with the Minnesota Vikings. The Bears have like expanded their staff like in different departments over the years. Like They've expanded House Hall. They've actually done a lot of things to modernize their thinking, believe it or not, over the past, I'll say five to ten years with Ted Phillips and George McCask- McCaskey working together. I want to give them credit for that. Kevin Warren is like the next step of that. Like it's a jolt of like incessant energy. Like you could feel that from Kevin Warren in his, in his news conference. Like that's going to be every day. He's got that drive. He's got that ambition. And I think the Bears at this point, where they are with the stadium coming up, I know we're about to play some clips on that. And with this, like it's just crazy how things have like oddly aligned for like excitement. I think Kevin Warren is a part of this. You got this new stadium project in Arlington Park. You have the first overall pick. You got Justin Fields. You have Ryan Poles, this young, promising general manager. And you got Matt Eberflus, who, despite the record, did some pretty good things culture-wise. I know culture, I get it. It's not wins and losses, but it's there. Like There's a lot of things to be excited about in terms of the future, and I think Kevin Warren is the next step of this. It's kind of crazy how things have kind of aligned for the Bears in this sense because things have never really aligned for the Bears really ever. Yeah. (laughs) If I'm being honest. No, it usually doesn't, but maybe they were due. But at the same time, I'm glad what you said about, I'm glad you said what you said about George and Ted because I, I, I do agree that they, you know, they've been shifting towards more of this modern even before the Kevin Warren hire, and quite frankly, get credit for this hire. Yeah. Like, I was kind of laughing when Ted got asked, you know, what are your accomplishments? What are you proud of? And he's like, Soldier Field, financials, and hiring my replacement. Like, and that's not how he worded it, but that's, those are the three things he listed. And it's like, well, this Kevin Warren hire might be the best move. Yeah. Yeah. And you still get credit for that, even if that's your last thing going out the door. I think that a couple things happened. I mean, even before 2019, the Bears had already invested in House Hall, giving you know the players what they need, the facilities. But I also think that there was somewhat of a wake-up call because I really, truly believe they thought they had the answer with Pace and Nagy, especially after that 2018 season. And then it all deteriorated really quickly which is probably a good lesson for all of us too as we go down this road. But I think in some ways that also served as a wake-up call that, all right, if we're ever going to do all this hiring and firing again, something's got to change. So I don't know if that influenced Ted's decision or the timing of him retiring, but there's definitely a, a different type of thinking that led to all right, let's go big. 
and they landed Kevin Warren. It's pretty. And, it's pretty impressive. I, I, I want to say that even going back to like the the Emory Tressman era, like you started to see the shift in the McCaskey Phillips approach to things. And I, I know it's weird to give to hear reporters give credit to them because. Look, the wins and losses are what they are. Even Ted Phillips himself, biggest regret of his tenure, 45 quarterbacks. I don't know if that's the exact number, but it ain't good either way. Not Carm, good at all. Carm tried to count it yesterday. I think he got the 42, but he's also, you know, he's not the greatest at math, so I'm not <laughs> sure if that's... He's like John Fox. Maybe we should trust the accountant um, over over Mark Carmen on that one. Not sure. I was a math major. I wasn't, actually, but... But but you've seen them in years past step out of the, like their comfort zone. So I, I think one great example of that for George McCaskey is his willingness to listen to Ryan Pace to bring training camp to Hallis Hall because we know how much he liked having the the interactions and the setting of, of Bourbon A. He loved that setting. It's what he grew up with, like that type of training camp setting. So to listen to Ryan Pace to bring it to, to Hallis Hall. You, so you saw a shift, at least an openness to new ideas. From George McCaskey and Ted Phillips. And, and let me say something before we get to the stadium stuff. This search, I know the Bears didn't want to say a lot of a lot about it. 20 candidates. Um, I can tell you there was eight that came to Hallis Hall. Um, and there was only a couple finalists. But it really was international. I think I said this in a previous podcast. Like professional soccer executives in England. Right? NBA. Other NFL execs. Other college Contacts, some from Major League Baseball. They really did cast a big net. And a lot of people were interested in their job uh, or this Bears job. It, it, it's something. Like giving them credit for such a search is, I think it has its limits, but I think it's in line with the approach George McCaskey has taken with maybe expanding what the Bears should be. That makes sense? No. Um- yeah, no, it does. You smiled there for a second. Well, Was I, I laugh too much. No, 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 no. I laugh at the idea that like you know they paid a search firm. Search firms are kind of funny. Like I get the point, and I and I get how they help vet candidates, and and I'm sure those, especially those international candidates, whoever they were, that helped. But like at the end of the day, they still hired the most obvious, obvious. candidate who doesn't <laughs> yeah, even need yeah. to move. Yeah, who, who who lives downtown? Right, you yeah. know, like works in so, Rosemont. Yeah. You know, I hope they learned some things through that and, and you know, got some some good thoughts well, and ideas uh, from England. Sometimes the best or, answer sometimes right in front of you, is it not? Right. No, no, no. I'm not I'm not I'm not ripping them at all. They should do that and and you know, I'm glad it was an exhaustive search like I'm that. I'm sure just, they had a lot of good ideas too, just in terms of like the structure of their team and success from other organizations in terms of like information gathering. Yeah. Good for George. It's like it's like Michigan hiring a search firm to hire Jim Harbaugh, you know, like, uh, okay, that one seems kind of obvious. Like, but. We're, we're joking around, like the you know, because they use Noah and Partners, this this huge search for, firm for like ex- sports executives. But there's like a reason these places exist because teams and employers pay them because they need the help with things. Yeah, it's true. A lot of people use them. A lot of organizations use Noah and Partners and other such search firms. Hey, I think it's a great job, right? You know, you can pay me a million dollars to come up with a list of names and land on Kevin Warren. What a great gig. It's great if you can get it. Good for them. I'm just having fun. Funny no, I, guy. It, it's, uh, look, 
at the end of the day, too, we could talk about the relationship with Poles, uh, Fields, why he left the Big Ten. All that stuff matters. But we also shouldn't overlook this too much. Like, if if you're going to take the list from the search firm and your biggest project that's ahead of you is Stadium, who's at the top of that list, right? And, and Kevin Warren's involvement in U.S. Bank Stadium is uh, is is by far the biggest reason to me why this is was great timing. Let's talk about things falling into place for the Bears, um, and the most important thing ahead of him. So here's what he had to say about Arlington Park and uh, his involvement and excitement about that project. Yeah, because I'm a you know stadium nerd, I would say even when I had heard about the Arlington Park opportunity, I drove out there one day on my own just to kind of look around. Um, again, I always look at what, you know, what, what are the assets on the, on the chessboard? And the un, unique thing of, about Arlington, it has some different unique factors. One is the space. You know, you don't get many times to have over 300 acres, um, you know, close to the city. And um, so there's some unique aspects. I know our focus will be to making sure that we close on, on the land. And, and again, I just want to, like I said early on, be very methodical to make sure that we get that process done first and see what happens next. But it, it, it is a very attractive, unique stadium site. Um, Johns, you and I have talked a lot on this podcast about how much we love U.S. Bank Stadium. But it also stood out to me, too, that Ted answered a question that George did not when I tried to ask him. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, look, you, you got the, the patented dry humor of George McCaskey. Look, it, it's hard on to get time George, and under budget. It's hard to get George to compliment an NFC North rival. I get it. You know, so inside him always is his Bears fandom. Um, I almost, I almost preface, preface the question with that. You know, George, I know at the risk of asking you to compliment the Vikings, um, what do you like about U.S. Bank Stadium? And his only answer was, well, Kevin said it was on time and under budget. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, but Ted, Ted said specifically, which got me really excited, he likes how there's light that comes in and open air. Um, and that I know, I encourage you to check out my conversation with Kevin Warren. It's on YouTube under the CHO channel. Um, you know, I asked him, he talked about all the details, right? How detail-oriented they were with the stadium. A year of planning before they even put a shovel in the ground. What were the things that you're most proud of from those details? And he spoke. He talked specifically about how they they took input from everyone. Whether it was fans, alumni. He was big on the alumni. Asking former players who played at the Metrodome. Yo, what was wrong with that stadium? What do we need here? Well, how do we fix this? Um, the media, maybe we need to do a whole podcast, John, just on our list of demands for the new stadium, <laughs> you know, um, can we get a candy bar in the press box? Right? Mine would, mine would you be know? actually the, the, a plaque that labels it the hot dog laden press box. <laughs> that would be great. You know, we all like jokes here. <laughs> that's the details, the details, right? Like, um, right over the doorway, hot dog laden box yeah it just has me excited you know the things like forgetting to build the press box won't happen 
If you don't know, uh, yeah, yeah, Soldier Field's press box were like former suites. <laughs> yeah, they just like, oh, guess we're just gonna have to turn twenty seats into or suites into a press conference, which probably. God, could you? I just picture the meeting with Kevin Warren where they have, um, Kevin, we uh, forgot to build the press box and we're have to take 20 suites that can bring in, you know, a few million dollars in revenue, turn it into a hot dog laden press box. Stick the guys in the trip and sometimes in there they're going to rip us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the point being, like, I, I have an abnormally high amount of confidence that they're going to get this right in a city that you and I lived in our entire lives where the one thing we don't do well is stadiums. Yeah. Yeah. He mentioned in our small group setting, like even like the angle of the stadium was discussed, like in in the blocks there and how they actually moved it a bit, you know, with the purpose of the light to get more light to, to come into the stadium, which I thought was fascinating like in terms of like attention to detail like holy moly like that's something like in, including the weather in this conversation the weather that changes by yeah. season it's impressive he also mentioned at one point forgetting which there's so many things I got said today but I know or yesterday I know he just he mentioned at one point that it's got to be a comfortable experience for the fans and and every for, time from I, like the one-year-old to the one-hundred-year-old. Did he use that saying with you? Yeah, um, something. I don't like know. It. Again, I don't remember which, which. Uh, yeah, I don't remember which interview. But but the point being is just like, I, I this is a long-standing rant I've been on. I know, but like this idea of bear weather. When we sit in that press box, Johnson, we look down at those people that are freezing and their beers literally f- turning into ice and. I'm, I'm like, I get it. It's nostalgic. But you know what's better? Like, just being comfortable. <laughs> but but here, here's an honest battle that they're dealing with right now. It's more comfortable right now to sit on your couch with multiple different TVs, with Red Zone on, and enjoy the experience like that. And you have to battle that now. How do you make it a better experience than that? And I think that that's something that he's going to truly attack yeah. here with this, with not only the stadium, but what's around it too. That's what matters. And Making that, that, it not not only, co- sorry, not only comfortable, but convenient, as convenient as it could possibly be in Arlington Park. He, he discussed like the ex- experiences within the same experience, right? Where like this experience on the south end zone and like, you know, on the second level will be different than the... Field level suites, right? It's different experiences within the same shared experience of attending a football game. And I think what makes like the stadium nerd and Kevin Warren even more excited is that that property is so enormous in Arlington Park where it's not just like the stadium and a few outdoor amenities in a parking lot. It's in a whole entertainment district where you could add and it's the, the 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 addition of parks and waters and lakes and lagoons and maybe boats on those lagoons or little canoes something you know what I'm talking about like duck boats <laughs> something got to get the it's duck different. boats in there it's different swan boats john john greenberg's loving this part of the press co- <laughs> or podcast <laughs> with the, uh, the what were the renderings that they had like the little gondolas or whatever and the yes the paddle I'm boats i remember what they were were they battle boats there was something like paddle that boats. out there 
And then I was like, oh, who's on a paddle boat on game day? <laughs> but that's what, it's, it's beyond game day. That's what they're, they're talking about. Like, the Bears want to host a lot of different things. I still think they need to have a little mini stadium in there for high school football games. I like that. I like that a lot. So, there's an idea for you, Kevin. Um, Because wouldn't it be cool if, like, state championship games were played in more intimate settings? Where, like, all the fans are going nuts. and At least the, 6A through 8A with all the North Illinois be, teams. Be awesome. How about a... But, Bears Museum wants something that's open year round. Packers have that type of stuff. Yeah. Hell's uh, Hall itself is, is like a functioning museum with all the stuff they have around it. Yeah. Um, no, there's a lot of things that, and again, I don't know that all that can be figured out if you're just back at Soldier Field. No. No. The Bears want their own place. All right, any other final thoughts from yesterday? No, just it felt different from like two minutes into it. Like as soon as he started talking, like, oh, this is different. And you love the energy. The passion is there. You, you heard some of his experiences with stadiums and with his, his football experience. And it just felt different than any other press conference I've covered in that setting of Muggs Auditorium. And most of them don't usually pan out well, but the energy, the excitement level, the answers – the length of answers all felt different than my previous experiences covering this team. Yeah, it brought back some memories of, because I, um, as I think we brought up with Matt Fortuna, I, I happened to be at that press conference when he took the Big Ten job, and he had that same energy. The, the, but the difference was, is like nobody was there. It was yeah. so weird. Four reporters. They right. rushed They rushed the, the presser. Like Jim Delaney wasn't even there. Uh, you should read Matt's column that he wrote yesterday. He detailed some of that in, 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 in his own opinion, how different it felt. Um, it, it, there was an audience, right? Like there was, there, there was just more people that were there to, and even outside of house hall watching on the streams and listening to podcasts like this to, to, to find out what Kevin Warren, you, you understand why there was interest in this job. The bears are just big. It's a big job. And um, I think there's an understandable amount of confidence in what Kevin Warren can do. Even if there's some eye rolls along the way, that it's all going to be a really, really well, good thing. Chicago, of course, there's going to yeah. be eye rolls and complaints. But yeah, you can see why the job was appealing to him. So um, at the same time, trying not to get too out over my skis because... <laughs> It's just like you alluded to earlier. Like things just don't align for the Bears. Why is this happening? Why, do, you know, <laughs> why is this happening? You know what? I uh, real quick before we got here, one of my favorite things in my interview with him yesterday was I, um, I wanted to get at like you know just have you ever been in a situation when you're with the Vikings where you had this much like cap flexibility and just all this opportunity? And I just I prefaced the question by being like, I know you know never, never had the number one pick when you were there because they just didn't. That wasn't really what I was asking about, but he goes, yeah, but we had the number one pick in St. Louis. We drafted Orlando Pace. Oh, yeah, just a future Hall of Famer. No big deal. Yeah, a lot it's, of future Hall of Famers in that Rams team. He just kind of got a – he has an answer for everything, right? It's like, oh, what's your stadium qualification? Oh, you just built the greatest stadium in America. 
<laughs> uh, who'd you take with number one overall pick? Uh, you know, just like one of the best left tackles to ever play. <laughs> Even his like analogy that he got from like Dick Vermeil about, you know, when you look at a house, you build the basement first. It yeah. may not look like building, but it's happening. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's happening here, isn't it? Right. That's kind of what happened the, the last the bear, year. The Bears are in the basement. They got the first pick. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's actually how I asked him that question. I go, so how's the basement look? <laughs> Very good. You didn't get an answer. So you check it out. You're um, good at this. A lot of, no, I'm not. Yeah. No, Think about I'm a not. career, maybe. No. Uh, probably not. Yeah. Um, anyway, you could, a lot of more coverage to check out. So all those places, all chgo.com, chgo YouTube channel, obviously on The Athletic. Got you covered everywhere. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You should be subscribed to both. Um, we also have, if you're interested, a happy hour tonight, a virtual happy hour for the CHGO diehards. Maybe someday we'll get Johns to jump in there. Maybe. We might be feeding a baby at Not the same tonight. time. We got, we got basketball tonight. Ooh. What day is it? Do we I have basketball today too? Well, I don't. But I returned to the basketball court the other day, Johns. How are your thighs? I've never been in so much pain in my life. <laughs> It's a good pain, though. It feels like I accomplished something. but Closer to 40, I'm not as athletic as I used to be pain. It's like when I was 27, I could play seven games of basketball and feel fine the next day. And probably drink 12 beers afterwards. Now I'm 36, and it's Wednesday. I played Sunday. <laughs> Why do my ankles still hurt the way they do? It's still sore. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but when you don't play ball for three years, that's probably how it works. I got to go. Um, appreciate you. Appreciate everyone, uh, you know, waiting for this podcast an extra day. We're going to be back tomorrow, though. Uh, we still got some playoff picks to make. Um, I think we're going to do a Q&A. So any questions you want to have for tomorrow's pod, uh, send them along to us on Twitter. We'll take the best ones. We'll do a little Q&A pod with you guys and then uh, talk about the games that are coming up this weekend. The divisional round of the NFL playoffs should be a lot of fun. Um, follow us on Twitter. Read us, obviousshirts.com. All the merch is up there. Go check it out. And we'll talk to you on Thursday. See ya. Anyway, uh, who cares?